I'm Kevin Gale, voice of the Crusaders, and this is Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics, presented by UMass Memorial Health. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by the new head coach of men's basketball at Holy Cross, Dave Paulson. Coach Paulson brings a 35-year record of championship success to Holy Cross. He's a Williams alum who coached early in his career with Steve Fisher and Brian Dutcher at Michigan. Following his first head coaching jobs at St. Lawrence and Lemoyne, he returned to his alma mater and won the D3 national title with Williams in 2003. That paved the way for his Patriot League success. Joined Bucknell in 2008, he won four Patriot League titles and took two of those teams to the NCAA tournament. Following a six-year run as head coach at George Mason, he assisted a major turnaround at Fordham last season before taking charge of the Crusaders on March 28th. It's been a whirlwind since he arrived in Worcester, so we really appreciate the time. Coach, thanks again for joining us, and welcome to Seder Stories. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. It's uh, it's a lot of great energy and emotion. Uh, Just, you know, got to pinch myself sometimes to be here with a great tradition of great basketball teams, players, coaches, um, unbelievable facilities. So just so much to be thankful for and excited to really get down to work. It's been only four days now since you were introduced on campus, but you said the work would begin right away. How quickly did you get in the gym with your team? Well, so, you know, I got, we made it official Tuesday night. The press conference was going to be Thursday. And I told uh, Kid Hughes, you know, I want to come up on Wednesday. And I wanted to meet with each guy individually for a half hour, you know, and would have liked to have had more time. But, you know, it was just scheduled from 930 to 6 on Wednesday that was important to me um, to get to know these guys individually, independently, uh, and also to send a message to them. You know, th- those guys didn't choose me, but I wanted them, them to know I chose them. Uh, and I chose them because of the type of young men they are, because of the commitment they made to one of the elite institutions in our country at Holy Cross and and to have a chance to pursue academic and athletic excellence. So that was the first step. Drove back to Connecticut to pick my wife up, drove back up on Thursday for the press conference, had a team meeting Thursday night. And then we got in the gym with the guys Friday afternoon and uh, we got in the gym with the guys Saturday morning. And that was important. You know, we could talk about who I am and how I'm going to be as a coach, but I wanted them to get a feel for how I operate on the court. I want to get a feel for those guys as well. You know, you find out a lot about people when you get on the court, when you compete with them. And so to be able to really have honest, genuine, authentic relationships with each one of our guys, you know, now I've got a little bit of a body to work in terms of what they can do. The two words that really stood out to me, Coach, in your opening remarks were passion and joy. You said that's what this program needs moving forward. How do you instill those feelings from day one? Well, one, you know, having passion is a skill and it's a choice, you know, and we talked at our first meeting you know, Ralph Waldo Emerson, nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. And it, it's how I live my day every single day. Uh, I've never met anyone who was successful in any field, any walk of life, who didn't have passion and enthusiasm every single day. Uh, it's not always going to be perfect. But, you know, and I think closely linked with passion is gratitude. It's hard to be unhappy if you're grateful. And, and you know, the opportunities to play Division One college basketball, to go to a school like Holy Cross, to go in the Blaney practice gymnasium or the heart center. The guys that just left, you know, 
we're in lifting groups, you know, going the, the strength and conditioning complex. I mean, it's amazing. So there's so much to be grateful for. Yeah, there's a paper that they got to write and practice might've been long and hard, but you got to have true passion for what you do. And then beyond that, you got to have joy in it. So not only can you be committed, you know, you can be passionate and love something and really want to bring energy and intensity, enthusiasm every single day, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have joy in the process. And so I think that's the other part, like have gratitude, have joy in the process it's not going to be perfect. We're going to lose some games. Practice is going to be hard. You're going to turn the ball over. But gosh, what an opportunity um, to be able to do what we love every single day. And I'm pitching myself. I get to do what I love every single day. And we just want to regenerate that. Sometimes you lose and, and it's very easy to turn inward, to, to feel sorry for yourself. Sometimes there's quote unquote pressure. Uh, either internal pressure, external pressure. But I think if you can kind of dig down beyond that and realize, okay, I get to play basketball. I get to coach basketball at Holy Cross. It, it's hard not to be enthusiastic. When you talk about Holy Cross, I can hear the respect you have for our history. I think that comes from coaching against the great Ralph Willard in his final season at Holy Cross. You said it was the first time you felt like an opponent was playing chess while you were playing checkers. What made Coach Willard such a gifted coach in your eyes? Well, again, now, and I'm sure, you know, in talking with R.J. Evans and other Holy Cross alums who uh, had the great privilege of playing for Coach Willard, I'll get more of, of what made him special. You know, it, it just, I remember, and, and fortunately, you know, when I was coaching at Williams, we actually came down and played Holy Cross and, and, and squeaked out a victory. So that was a great upset. But the first year, and it was Coach Willard's last year at Holy Cross, and I think they'd won three straight Patriot League titles or, or, you know, just incredible success. We played them. It was a TV game. It was at Bucknell. We would try to do something defensively to counter what they were doing. They would come out of a timeout, media timeout, and they would always punish whatever we were doing. And then you're like, oh, better change that. And then, boom, he would just punish it. And I just felt like he was three steps ahead of me. It, it was really, it's maybe the only time that I've ever coached where I was like, wow, I didn't belong on the same court with that other coach. And just so much respect for, for the in-game coaching. What was apparent to me as I've gotten to know more Holy Cross people is just, you know, he was the, the quintessential example of what a coach should be, uh, engaged with his players' lives, a mentor, um, a taskmaster. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, one thing it was, I don't even know who I was talking about, but they talked about, and R.J. Evans was really good, and I don't know how many points he scored against me. He's embellishing it right now, so we're going to get the actual box score. But he would come off these little down screens and get the ball at the elbow and just went to work. And it's funny, I was talking to somebody, they said, if Coach Willard wanted you to get the ball at the elbow and you caught the ball one step off the elbow, there was a price to pay. You know, so just the attention to detail, the specificity of the teaching process. You know, I didn't see that firsthand. I, I witnessed it firsthand as, uh, you know, getting uh, beat by another coach. But uh, it was just apparent that he was just a great at his craft 
and loved Holy Cross and loved the guys he played for that played with him and for him. And, uh, and that's hopefully if I can have just a fraction of the success that coach Willard has had, then I think we'll all be really excited. Yeah. You mentioned when you coached at Bucknell, you had some great battles against Holy Cross, but there was that one game when a pretty great guard named RJ Evans went for a big night. What do you remember most about RJ as a player? Well, and he's got something, someone gave him some frame. There's a, it's a small little picture of him like stealing the ball. And it says in the head, head in the lines behind, well, the Bucknell coach Dave Paulson fumes. Now, I don't know if I ever fumed. <laughs> I think that would be uh, just that RJ could get to his spot to get his shot. You know, and, th- and you say, well, what does that mean? Well, that's a, that's a skill. So I don't claim to know everything that was great about RJ's game or wasn't great about his, his game. But what he did was he maximized his strengths. He got to the places where he could operate effectively, and then he operated effectively. And that, you know, that's a mark of, a, of a, not only a good player, but a mature player. And uh, that's what I remember. I think he had 32 in one of those games. Um, he's saying it's 68, but I think it was closer to 32. But, but just really, and again, there was a system that maximized his talents. You know, and so at my sense, without knowing all the intricacies, is that Coach Willard tried to tweak his system from year to year, tweak his offensive approach to take advantage of his best player skill sets. And, and that's what I've always tried to do as a coach as well. Let's take a short break. When we get back, we'll talk with Coach Paulson about his path to Holy Cross. That's next, right here on Sater Stories. At Fuel America, we've created a place for people to gather, to share their stories. We are a destination and we are a starting point because Fuel America is not just our name, it's our mission. We are UMass Memorial Health and innovation is something that defines us, that drives us to discover new ways to provide answers and hope, to provide opportunity and access and equity for everyone to redefine what medicine can do and how it can heal relentlessly. Wegmans Meals to Go makes eating well extra easy. Power up with one of our poke bowls or poke salads. They're made with all your favorite sushi ingredients and served over your choice of greens or grains. Pick from shrimp, king salmon, ahi tuna, and more. And poke is just the beginning. Our fresh-made salads, hand-rolled sushi, and other favorites can be delivered right to your door with a simple tap or click. Order on the app or visit Mealstogo.com. Select stores only. Minimum $20 order for delivery. Check availability in your area. The right way to top a sub is with real red wine vinegar made from red grapes and no food coloring. And the right way to film it is in slow motion. Obviously. Because authentic ingredients make a sub above. Whether you are looking at hosting a birthday party, corporate or youth team outing, church group, or just a night out with some friends, Holy Cross Athletics has just the experience to make your event unforgettable. Holy Cross Athletics offers a number of interactive group experiences where your groups can even have the option of adding food and drinks to your experience. For more information, please call 1-844-GO-CROSS or email us at tickets at holycross.edu. 
2023 Holy Cross football season ticket deposits are now on sale. Secure your seat all season long at Fit and Field with the four-time defending Patriot League champs. If you renew or purchase a new season ticket plan before April 28th, you'll be entered in drawings for two complimentary tickets to the BC Road Game, plus another drawing for pregame sideline access to one game at Fit and Field. Learn more about season tickets at GoHolyCross.com or by calling 1-844-GO-CROSS. We welcome you back to Sater Stories presented by UMass Memorial Health. I'm Kevin Gale, joined by the 19th head coach in Holy Cross men's basketball history, Dave Paulson. We're recording this episode on the day of the men's basketball national championship, UConn versus San Diego State. That Aztec program was built from the ground up by former Michigan national champion head coach Steve Fisher and is now guided by his protege, Ryan Dutcher. Coach, you worked with them both one season after their 1989 national title in Ann Arbor. How did that season as a young assistant craft your own coaching career? Well, I think first and foremost, uh, Steve Fisher is literally one of the best human beings I've ever been around. Um, and I don't think you'd find anyone who would say differently, just a class person. The relationships he had with his players, you know, they, they loved him. And, you know, they would joke with him. And, and, and he, he just, he was, he was what I aspire to be as a person and the relationships he had with the players. So that's first and foremost. Dutch was a, a young, Dutch I think was 29, I was 25. He, by the way, is way grayer than me. So he looks like he's aged more than I have. And I'm going to make certain that I remind him of that when I see him. Um, but, you know, Dutch was a young assistant coach. And what I loved about Dutch is, you know, he didn't take himself too seriously. You know, that, that he was working hard. He was recruiting. He was scouting. He was coaching on the floor. But... He was never too busy to help mentor a young uh, grad assistant that I was. And he was never too busy for his family. You know, and I think one of the, and Steve Fisher, I'd say the exact same thing. And one of the biggest challenges in being a division one basketball coach is you feel like you're never doing anyone uh, justice. You, you know, it's, it's, it's all consuming. Uh, my wife gently prodded me the other night because um, some neighbors wanted to have a, uh, a little celebratory toast. And I, I may have walked to the other room to try to answer texts and answer phone calls on a, on a couple of occasions. And it's, it's just really hard. You know, you, you feel like you're not doing everything you should be doing in terms of watching film or meeting with your players or working with your players. And then you feel like, okay, now I'm not doing everything I can to be the type of husband and father and friend that you want to be. And I, I think both Steve and Brian carry that balance like exceptionally well. And it really, um, when, when San Diego state won their sweet 16 game and he was interviewed at, you know, at half court and whoever was like, you know, you've taken San Diego state farther than anyone has taken it. And the very first words out of his mouth were, we built on the foundation that Coach Fisher laid happy birthday, Coach. And then when they won to go to the Final Four, like we did it, Coach. And that's the humility part that 
just gets me choked up. What was the final tally on texts, emails, calls that you received from everyone across your basketball lifetime? Well, uh, it was it was it's a great problem to have, right? So I'm at complaining. Well, you know, gratitude, right? You know, but at one point, I don't know how many I got. At one point, the highest number of unopened texts was 485, and and you know because I tried to answer a bunch of texts till two or three in the morning on Tuesday night, but then I drove up here, was in meetings all day, so then the inbox got flooded. So. I, I got it down to zero at 12.15 in the morning. Emails, that's another story. So I have not looked at an email since Tuesday. So if, if you were one of the Holy Cross alums, uh, fans, one of my friends who emailed me, we'll get to it. But it's a great problem to have uh, because, you know, I, I've got a lot of friends uh, throughout my career, former players at various stops along the way, high school coaches, prep school coaches, AU coaches, you know, so it, it's a good problem to have. And I just said, you know, we're going to get back to every single person, uh, however long it takes. I'm sure there's a few Williams alums that that popped up because you took your alma mater all the way to the top of D3. And I think fans think once you reach that national championship level, maybe all of a sudden you've found the magic formula for a championship team, but there's got to be a component or two that you picked up on that road to the national title that you feel like you can replicate with other teams. Well, I think, I think it's, it's about your values, you know, like what, what do you preach in terms of, so our core values, you know, they'll be our pillars of our program will be humility, passion, communication, toughness, and focus. And, and I think those five things, and I think all those five qualities are transferable to, to life beyond basketball, to success. Um, and again, we, we talk all the time. Uh, it's about the four years that the young men are here, and it's much more importantly about the next 40 years afterwards in terms of their growth and their development into becoming the best people they can be uh, as successful, to have a faith that, that guides them to have a, a set of ethics and values. And it's about a 40 year relationship, hopefully with me as well. So the, the nuances, you know, of how we play will change. You know, when I mentioned Coach Willard, you know, I, I feel like he tweaked his approach based on who were his best players. And so, you know, in the seven years as at Bucknell, I, I ran three different offensive uh, packages, you know, and, and, uh, and we're fortunate enough to win a Patriot League championship with each one of those styles, you know, likewise at Williams, likewise at, at George Mason. So you're going to tweak what you do offensively based on your personnel. The game has changed. The game's evolved. And so, you know, I think I think the values, the tried and true values are always going to stand the test of time. But uh, you, you got to adapt to the changing times, the changing strategies, the analytics of the game. So uh, I'll take some of the stuff from Williams, some of the stuff from Bucknell, some of the stuff from George Mason, some of the stuff from Fordham. And, and you know, truthfully, we'll steal and study. I mean, there's no two better teams to study than San Diego State and UConn. They're the, they're the two best programs in the country. But I've, I've identified them like UConn, really fun to watch. Um, and they're clicking on all cylinders. So, you know, you always got to change and evolve.
tinkering with those systems at Bucknell clearly paid off with league championship level success, but you also recruited some great talent. That includes current Celtic, Mike Muscala. What's the key to not just recruiting, but now keeping talent here in the Patriot League during this transfer portal era? Yeah, you know, when I talk with Kit Hughes in the in the interview process, you know, I think the goal is is to make our program as transfer portal proof as possible. But I think anyone would say that you're never going to have a young man leave your program. Now those days are over, you know, and and I I think it's regrettable, but I think you know you're you're not going back to that era. But I do think. How do you make your program as transfer proof or portal proof, if you will, as possible? You know, one, recruit people who want the totality of the Holy Cross experience. If we're just recruiting a young man for the basketball experience, um, I think we're really missing out on stuff. And that's not what Holy Cross is about. It's not what Holy Cross should be about. It's not what I'm about. I want guys who are fanatically driven to be the best possible basketball players they can be and also to be the best possible students they can be and also be the best possible human beings they can be and that's what Holy Cross is about it's about excellence and 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 so we want to link to that I I told our guys each guy when I met with them if you leave Holy Cross and your best friends are only the kids on the team then we've both failed then you've put yourself off in your little old bubble that's not what Holy Cross should be about now I want you to be incredibly close knit with your teammates, but we have to be engaged. So I, I think that's important. I think the guys, I think a personal relationship with me as their head coach is, is critically important. They got to know how much I care before they care how much I know. Um, and, and so uh, young people today, I think more than ever need relationships uh, across the spectrum, even with an older dude, along with their assistant coaches um, and then I think, is there a plan? Are we helping you improve every year? It's got to be linked and aligned with our overall team philosophy. But we want guys to be obsessed with getting better and know that we're going to pour into them from a player development set, setting. And that's with Mike Pascal. Like every year we came back and we just, you know, we talked about things he had to get better. But let's let's have one more goal. So his freshman year, I believe he was rookie of the year in the league. Eh. I don't even know, but we said, you know, you had a great freshman year. He might not have been, it might've been this other guy. Wasn't very good. McCollum, uh, CJ McCollum. Yeah. Had a decent career. We said, Mike, you know, you shot the ball. Well, you didn't get to the foul line. We have to get to the foul line. And I think he doubled or tripled his free throw attempts. And he was the player of the year uh, in the league as a sophomore. He went to the NCAA tournament. And then that spring, I was at the final four action in Houston the Houston Rockets scout. And he said, I said, I think I might have a guy who might be able to play in the NBA. I don't know. And he said, how many rebounds a game did he average? And we looked at the numbers and he goes, he's got to get one rebound for every three minutes he plays. And I went back to Mike, I'm like, Mike, you got to get one rebound for every three minutes he play, you play. And the next year he averaged 11 rebounds in 31 minutes a game. So he did it. And then talking more with people, you got to improve your assisted turnover ratio. This was before the, the, the real focus on big men shooting threes in the NBA, but really improved his assisted turnover ratio. So 
you know, we worked on all the fine points of his game, but really try to focus. Here's one thing that you're going to do that's tangible that we can show a progress. And, and obviously he was relentless in his work ethic and it's turned out pretty well for him. Needless to say, now using those skills with a title contender in Boston. Pretty outstanding. Let's take one last break. When we return, we'll talk with Coach Paulson about the future of Holy Cross basketball right here on Sabre Stories. We are UMass Memorial Health, and innovation is something that defines us, that drives us to discover new ways to provide answers and hope, to provide opportunity and access and equity for everyone to redefine what medicine can do and how it can heal relentlessly. Wegmans Meals to Go makes eating well extra easy. Power up with one of our poke bowls or poke salads. They're made with all your favorite sushi ingredients and served over your choice of greens or grains. Pick from shrimp, king salmon, ahi tuna, and more and poke is just the beginning. Our fresh-made salads, hand-rolled sushi, and other favorites can be delivered right to your door with a simple tap or click. Order on the app or visit Mealstogo.com. Select stores only. Minimum $20 order for delivery. Check availability in your area. The right way to top a sub is with real red wine vinegar made from red grapes and no food coloring. And the right way to film it is in slow motion. Obviously. Because authentic ingredients make a sub above. We are UMass Memorial Health, and innovation is something that defines us, that drives us to discover new ways to provide answers and hope, to provide opportunity and access and equity for everyone, to redefine what medicine can do and how it can heal relentlessly. Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding too. But we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh. Slice to order makes a sub above. Holy Cross Athletics Giving Day is coming up on Friday, April 28th. Your gift to Holy Cross Athletics supports the continued development of our student athletes. Each and every gift, regardless of size, makes a difference. One day, one goal, Holy Cross Athletics Giving Day, Friday, April 28th. I'm Kevin Gale, voice of the Crusaders, and this is Seder Stories, presented by UMass Memorial Health. I'm joined by the new Holy Cross men's basketball head coach, Dave Paulson. Coach, following up on our Athletics Giving Day announcement, how important will that alumni support be for your program here at Holy Cross? Well, it's, you know, Kevin, it's just critical. And, you know, the program exists now because of the passionate alumni base, uh, the local fan base. Obviously, you look at the improvements. You know, I had not been up to Holy Cross in eight years since I'd left the Patriot League. And when I came here for my interview, I was blown away. You know, I looked online, oh, they've got a new, you know, practice facility. But, I mean, the practice facility, Blaney Gymnasium, uh, the office complex, the weight room, the fact that it's all integrated into the overall athletic complex, you know, th those things don't happen without the generous support uh, of the alumni base. Whether right or wrong, you know, we're in an arms race in intercollegiate athletics and excellence 
is at the center of what we're about as an institution, as an athletic program. And excellence has its costs. And, and so to, you know, we're in the process of the hiring process of, of my staff. And it's, it's just so important for, first and foremost, for us to have great role models, mentors, and teachers of the game or recruiters of the game. Recruiting, you know, we're getting ready, hopefully to fly and, and, and fly people in for official visits in a couple of weeks. The next two weekends after that, are what's called live evaluation periods, AU tournaments. And I'll have an assistant coach at each one of the major tournaments, but I'm going to have to go from the Adidas uh, tournament on one day to the Under Armour tournament on the next day to the Nike one on the third day or, or in some order. So there's just so much to run a program. And, you know, the college obviously is very generous, but there's other institutional priorities. So I think the earmark money uh, to the Crusader Athletic Fund uh, is what allows us to stay afloat and and hopefully to then take some of those cutting edge approaches that we want to, to use to typify our program. Last season, you assisted Keith Ergo on a major turnaround at Fordham. You guys cashed in the first 20 win season in 32 years. And you had the presser in stitches when you said there was actually times in the past when you'd take a team to Rose Hill Gymnasium and you said, we don't even need player introductions. We could take the players in the stands and introduce them to each individual fan. I'd love to get your thoughts on beyond financial support, beyond wins. What's the key to reigniting a fan base and getting people back in the building? Well, you know, as I said at the press conference, I think the first and most important thing is when uh, if it's if it's the fan base, if it's a men's basketball alum, if it's just a Holy Cross alum, if it's a Worcester area person, you want a team that you want to root for. Um, now, you want to win. There's no question about that. But you want a team that you say, OK, even if they came up short, boy, that team played with so much passion, with so much joy, with so much toughness. They were always the first on the floor to die for a loose ball. They took charges. They, they were unselfish. They played for the name on the front of the jersey. Boy, they need to make their free throws better or box out or whatever it is that we might not have done as well. But that's a group that I want to cheer for. You know, I think today's generation of, of people, not just, not just basketball players, just people, when they have frustration, I don't think they're selfish, but they can become self-absorbed and turn inward. And so that's one of the things that we've already tried to address with our guys. Like you got to give your energy outward, even if it's not going great. And when you do, your performance will be better. So one, we want to be a group that you want to root for, uh, win or lose. Now, obviously we want to win. Okay. I think we want to be a group that is accessible, that, that the, the people, the students feel connection and want to come to the games. So I think it's critically important that our players go to other teams' games. You know, to, you know, I, I very blessed, you know, uh, Nick Smith, the deputy AD here, uh, set up a bunch of meetings. I met some coaches in the interview process. My wife was here with us on Friday, went to lunch with a number of the other coaches. And everyone, everyone I've met, uh, is nicer than the person I met before. You know, it's just such a great community and they love Holy Cross. And that's what I want to be a part of. So I'm going to go to these games as much as possible. I want our guys to go to the games, to go to the volleyball game, 
to go to the field hockey game, to go to the swim meet, you know, to obviously go to the football game, like across the board. And, and that's the first thing, like, let's have an athletic family here that we all support, you know, each other. I think it's important that the, the, the student who is in econ 101 with one of our players say, hey, I'm going to go to the basketball game because so-and-so is in my class. He's a really good guy, you know, and we had a group project together and wow, he, he had some great insights and, and he was completely engaged in our group presentation. That's a person I want to cheer for and support. I think it's critically important that I uh, am accessible. And that's who I am. You know, I'm an open book, but uh, we're going to do an alumni reception, you know, on, on April 15th, right before the, the football spring game. So we want, this is the former men's basketball players. It's their program. And, and we want them to feel part of that. I'm just, uh, I'm just, a, you know, a placeholder right now. And, and it's their program. And we want them back. We want them to feel welcome. We want them wearing their Holy Cross gear. We want them coming to practice. We want them to participating in the 90-wide mentoring program where they could really be great allies and resources for our players. And we want them to know that, that, that we, we, want, we want them around. And, and so engage as much as possible. I think it's important that the greater Worcester community feels like this is their team, that this is their program. And so I'll be out and visible. We'll be doing, you know, reading in the schools. We'll be doing uh, free clinics for the youth, uh, coaching clinics, as much as, as we have time for, so that we want all those, you know, segments that will fill your gym, the student section, the alumni section, the Worcester community, the local basketball community, the youth, the youth leagues, you know, Let's get some kids in there and just let's fill this place and, and make it a real home court advantage, but also let's make it a family atmosphere. I love the way you're already building any possible connection to your program. And I know your wife, Kathy, is going to be a big part of that as well. We loved meeting her at your welcome presser. And if there's one thing I've learned in this business coach, no successful coach reaches this level without incredible family support. That includes your three daughters as well. Give me an idea of the type of sacrifice and commitment it requires to go through 15 home searches in 31 years as a coaching family. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed. And I got choked up. And I told the guys, by the way, you know, that soft guy was almost crying at the press conference. He's <laughs> gone and I took over for him. But no, I get choked up thinking about it now. Because, yeah, uh, my wife, Kathy, sacrificed, and she always worked in career planning, you, you know, in career planning offices. If I hadn't moved to kind of chase my dream, she'd be the director of career planning or a dean of students or, or something like that at a college. And when we left Williams to go to Bucknell, with the travel schedule for recruiting, as you know, we just decided that, that you know, that she'd make a sacrifice in her career, you know, to raise you know, I'm biased, the three best daughters in the world. And, and so the sacrifice she's made, she loves houses. Like I never really, I didn't know what a window, different kinds of windows. So, you know, we've renovated, restored homes. And then a year later, now we're moving. So she's really sacrificed a lot. I, I made a joke in the press conference that she hadn't entered the transfer portal yet. 
And, and then she may have answered to me that she's holding out for somebody with a great NIL deal for her. So there's, you know, I still got to kind of continue to re-recruit Kathy. My three daughters, Claire, Sarah, and Molly, you know, they've moved and, and they moved at formative ages in their, in their life. You know, I remember when I got the Bucknell job and I ran into coach Willard on the road recruiting and he's like, you got a family, Dave. I got three daughters. He goes, Ooh, I can tell you must be a hell of a recruiter to get those three girls to move is, is pretty impressive. So, but they've sacrificed and, you know, Claire, uh, when I made the joke about her bar and my visa, she's, she's going to hold me hostage for that, you know, running her, you know, I think the social media account put it out that clip. So she's going to hit me up for that visa again, you know, as payback, but they're, they're great daughters. They, they support their father and, um, you know, they just make a lot of sacrifices. You're going a lot. And it's really important to me to get to every one of our girls events when they were growing up as much as humanly possible. I did, but you miss stuff, you know, you're on the road and, and, um, you know, somebody's got a swim meet or a concert or, or things like that, you know, so that's, that's a real challenge. Well, we're thrilled to have you all joining our community. We're really looking forward to it. I know Kathy's already working hard. She was asking me for some thoughts on uh, potential real estate in the area. So you're certainly going to be part of the overall community. Lastly, Coach, I've got to ask, this was the headline from your presser. You said the baseline expectation for this program should be an NCAA tournament appearance for every player who stays four years. Now, that can be tough in a one-bid league like the Patriot League. With your experience in navigating that path before, what are the first steps toward that championship level success? I think the first step is, is, is at least for me and my, how I approach things, you know, is, and I, I, you know, you're doing a lot of things, but I think the most important thing for me as a coach when I'm trying to transfer to our players, whatever I'm doing, this is the first priority. So to me, the first priority is the immediate team right now. Uh, forming those relationships. I, I think it's a team that can be better than what it was. And, and that's not being disparaging towards anyone else, but how do I reach these guys? How do we get better buy-in? How do we figure out exactly what their skill sets are? How do we improve some of those skill sets? How do we just avoid putting them in situations where maybe uh, it's not to their strengths? So I think that's number one. You know, and I've kind of compartmentalized. That's the very first thing. Second most important thing is hiring an elite staff. Guys who most importantly are great role models and mentors. Uh, guys who understand what Holy Cross is. Uh, guys who are bright, articulate, engaged, want to jump in with both feet in the players' lives, who are really good teachers on the court and are relentless recruiters and will represent Holy Cross with, with great grace and dignity everywhere they go. Uh, and then a close, you know, second or tie with that is we, we have some recruiting to do uh, to fill next year's roster. And so we're working really, really hard at that. You know, I think there's some gaps in the roster. I think there's some holes to fill. And, and you know, it's late in the process. And, and Holy Cross isn't the type of institution, you know, we can't, like swimming in that transfer portal, uh, you know, the vast majority of those guys, you know, are not Holy Cross types of kids. So, but, but I, you know, I think we've got some good traction uh, on, on some people. So 
hopefully will be, you know, that's a priority. And, and again, Holy Cross is a different type of institution. You know, it's not like you're filling your roster in August. The goal is that you fill your roster before kind of the May 1 deposit deadline for the overall student uh, body. And then potentially look at the roster, we could have six guys in the class of 24. So you're looking at a huge recruiting class in, in the next group. So it's really important that I don't get that we as a staff don't get so bogged down in trying to get two more guys for this year that we lose important uh, groundwork on the class of 24, because that will be an opportunity. It's, it's a lot of guys to recruit, but it's also a great opportunity to, you know, to maybe really put together a, 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 a tremendous recruiting class that can really catapult us um, towards the top of the league standings. And then, and then, you know, as much as possible, engaging with our alumni base, the local fan base. So those are kind of the four pockets, if you will, that are filling my day. And I try as best as possible not to worry about some of the other things that aren't in those categories. Uh, there's a lot that that can fill your plate and, and as much as possible, try to kind of delegate some of those things to some of the other people who can help in terms of, you know, what do you want the uniforms to look like? I don't care. Like somebody else, you pick the uniforms, just make sure they look good and they they meet the approval of, 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 you know, the athletic department personnel, some of that stuff, where do we stay? I don't care. Like I care about working with our guys on the court. I care about the staff we have. I care about recruiting the next generation of guys. And I care about engaging with the community. Coach Paulson, I know how valuable your time is right now in this transition. Thank you so much for sharing your vision with me. I'll say personally, I can't wait to call your games next fall at the Heart Center. We're really excited about this new era of Crusader basketball. And it sounds like with the schedule you've laid out, we're going to see you a lot between now and then. You'll, you'll see me a lot. And I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to engaging, in, you know, with everyone and anyone, you know, that that's what I love. I'd way rather do that than do paperwork. And anyone who's been around me knows that that's probably not my strength anyway. Well, congratulations again to you and your whole family. Welcome to Holy Cross. Thanks, Kevin. And my thanks to everyone for tuning in to Seder Stories. I'm Kevin Gale. Go Cross Go. Thank you for listening to this episode of Seder Stories, presented by UMass Memorial Health. Stay in the loop on all things Holy Cross athletics at GoHolyCross.com and at GoHolyCross on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go Cross Go.